Good afternoon, saints. Uh, shall we all arise as we worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords? He deserves all our praises. Feel free to uh, join your hands together as you worship Him. Presence, 
all our fears wash away. Come on, see for the last time. Where do we see you? Because when we see you, we find strength to face the death. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. Here we go. Wash away. Hosanna. Hosanna. God is able. God is able. He will never fail. He is almighty God. Greater than all we see. Greater than all we ask. He has done great things. Come on, lift it up. Lift it up. The grave, raised to life, our God is able. In His name, we overcome. For the Lord, our God is God is with us. God is with us. God is on our side. He will make a way. Far above all we hope. Far above all we hope. Here we go. God's done great things. Come on, let's testify. Lifted up, defeated the grave, raised to life, our God is able. In His name, we overcome. For the Lord, we'll see you one more time. Lifted up, is able. Lifted up. Feed in the grave, raised to life. 
open arms He will never fail us Come on, see one more time God is with us God is with us He will go before He will never leave us He will never leave us God is for us He has opened arms He will never fail us He will never fail us Lift it up Lift it up For the Lord, for the Lord, our God is saved. Worthy of every breath 
we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever sing. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you.
Without your love, slave to the darkness, if it wasn't for the cross, you have won me with your kindness, chase me down when I was lost Where would I be If it wasn't for the cross Hallelujah Thank you Jesus I was a Oh 
overcome. It is finished. It is done. By your stripes I have been destroyed. He has been raised up and we have been raised up together with him. It is finished. Hell, death, the grave, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, every curse has come to an end. It is finished. It is finished. It is forever settled in heaven. And by faith, we settle it here on earth. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Bless his name forevermore. Let's have a seat. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, guys. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when you... When you, when, you, when you see the grace of God in and through the musicians, you know what it tells us? The Lord is good. Amen? Amen? It's all the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, praise God. It is time for us to worship the Lord with our giving. But now we want to do so 
We want to do so with the right heart. We want to do so correctly. We want to do so in a manner that would bring glory to God and at the same time open up the windows of heaven over our lives. Amen? Now, the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 3, now this is, this is an exhortation, but it is also a mini teaching because God says that we will prosper even as our soul prosper. Therefore, our minds being renewed is important. In Proverbs chapter 3, and reading from verse 13 to, 15, 13 to 15, it says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Say wisdom. Who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. And all the things that you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. And so it speaks of wisdom as this beautiful woman, this beautiful lady, and in her right hand, which is the, which is the, 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 the what should I say, the dominant hand, is long life. And in her left hand, there's riches and silver and gold and prosperity and increase in her left hand, right hand, wisdom. Wisdom has got these things. Now, the word of God tells us, God says, I desire that you might what? Prosper, that's the left hand. And be in health, that's your right hand, even as your soul prosper. Which is kind of like according to wisdom. Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom and righteousness and all these things are going to be added unto you. He is saying, Jesus said, go after the kingdom of God, the reign of God, the word of God, the dominion of God, the lordship of Jesus Christ. And all of these things, long life, honor, prosperity, riches, they're going to be added unto you. Joshua came along and said pretty well the same thing in, first, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and verse 23 and verse 6. And Joshua basically said this. He said, don't forsake the word of God. Don't forsake the word of God and be taken up with the long life, with the riches, with the honor. Don't be taken up with the rewards. Don't get distracted by them. But what does he say? Stay focused. Let the word of God be primary. Let the kingdom of God, the reign of God, the dominion of God, the wisdom of God, and the long life, the prosperity, the increase, the honor, the riches, they're going to be added unto you. All right. So, Understand this, it is God's will, it is okay for us to desire increase, to desire long life, that he will satisfy us with long life. It is okay for us to desire any and all of those wonderful things that the Lord has promised. However, let us have first things first. Don't forget your first love. Seek first the kingdom of God. Let the wisdom of God be in front, be out there. Now, for that reason, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
It says in Proverbs chapter 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will what? Direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord. That means honor God, trust the Lord, obey God, reverence God, respect God, hold him in high esteem. Fear the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, and depart from evil. And what will happen? It will be health to your flesh. It comes with it. It comes with that wisdom. It comes with the fear of the Lord. And strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. And so your barns will be filled with plenty. That's the left hand. And your vats will overflow with new wine. That's the riches. That's the blessings. That's the increase. So wisdom has two hands. The right hand Long life, health, wholeness. And you need that so that you, can, so that you can enjoy the left hand, the riches, and all of that. However, let's keep the first things first. Honor God. Have wisdom. Trust the Lord. Walk in the fear of God. Amen? Amen. So just as you give, let the spirit of the fear of the Lord dominate your life not only in this giving but even as we go forward let it dominate your life because you see with the fear of the lord when you operate in that arena all these other things are added on to you amen praise the lord amen praise god now there are a number of ways that you can give and that information is on the screen you can you can you can e-transfer you can give by text you, there's a number of ways you can give choose which one um is practical for you. Now, for here in the house, if anyone needs an envelope, you can just lift up your hands, and you can also give by email and stuff here too. But if you need an envelope, just um, wave. Bless the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Woo, hallelujah. Hmm. I could just take those praise and worship songs and preach them. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm serious. Glory, 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 glory. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Father, I pray for those that are participating in giving and receiving and in the kingdom of God's affairs. Those online, those here. And I pray that even in accordance to your word, that you will bless them, you will prosper them, you will increase them more and more. That the window of heaven will be open over their lives. And even as they pursue you with a right heart, even so, Lord God, you are going to add to them. You're going to add to them riches. You're going to add to them glory. You are going to add to them long life. Father, I give you thanks for your grace, and I thank you for your people. I thank you for the anointing. I thank you for the blessing of the Lord. I thank you for the grace that is causing increase in their lives. I thank you for the power that stops the work of the enemy from coming against their finances and even against their body in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. Well, praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand again just for a moment and... And, and release our faith and believe God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, I tell you. One of these days I'm going to wake up and God is going to give me an anointing to sing. You believe that? <laughs> Hallelujah.
Yes? With God all things are possible. And all things are possible to them that believe. You, you agree with me? Alright, so one day I'm going to wake up and there's going to be this anointing on me to sing. Praise God. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your precious Holy Spirit that has been sent with an assignment to lead us and to guide us into all truth. To take the things that, are, that belong to Christ and also belong to us because we are joint heirs and to reveal and to unveil them unto us. Thank you for your spirit that is here to empower us, strengthen us with might, so that the eyes of our understanding would be open and that we'll be able to run with your word. We'll be able to receive that spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and the knowledge of the fear of the Lord. Thank you for accomplishing your will today, both here and everywhere where this, where this, where this goes. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. We declare the kingdom of God is released among us and that that kingdom rules over all. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You may have a seat. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now we're continuing on this series, Your Advancement and Success Strategy for... This year. Your advancement and success strategy for this year. And this is part three. And today the focus is your prayer life. Now I know in the church world, when you hear prayer meeting, that's when you see the fewest people show up. However, that's changing. And one of the reasons for that is simply because, I mean, people just have not gotten the kind of results that... that, that um, that make them, you know, where, where prayer is concerned. And that's basically the truth about it. So because they haven't gotten the results, I mean, you know, so they back off. And besides, your flesh don't like it. So your flesh, you know, will fight against you. Right? Amen. But anyway, in this year, that is changing in Jesus' name. Now, the word that the Lord has given unto us as a, as a directive for the entire year, and as an instruction, so to speak, is Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, come up higher, and I will show you things which must take place after this. The word that the Lord, the word of instruction from the Lord is basically this. Come up higher and I will show you things. God says, come up higher. You come up higher and I'm going to show you things. Now I'm just going to inject this here. As you do, because as you do, you will find that there's a, there, are, there is a door that is open in heaven. An open door that no man can close. And when you go through that door, you are going to find, you are going to find, that door is like a, is like a, is like a gateway into another season. It's, it is like an opening to another realm, another dimension, a higher level. But he says, your part is you got to come up here and I will show you. Okay, now. There's a number of different areas that we need to ponder and, and search our hearts with the Spirit of God and, and decide, well, what areas do I need to come up higher in this year of 2024? And that is something personal. But here are some things. There's your prayer life, 
learning to wait on God, intimacy with God, developing that intimacy and closeness with God that you were born and designed for. Come up higher in your word level. Come up higher in, in your love walk, in your relationship with people, in your faith. Come up higher and be established in righteousness, the oneness that you have with God in Christ. Come up higher in your giving. Come up higher in your finances. Come up higher in the realm of prosperity. Come up higher in, in being a soul winner and in your personal evangelism. Those are just some of the areas. Now, I do believe that prayer of all the various areas that you need to come up higher in, I believe that prayer is the most important area for you and I and for every believer to come up higher in. Prayer seeking God, prayer seeking God is the very essence of what Jesus says when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There is a spirit of prayer that is involved in that. Seeking God, pursuing God. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. When you consider prayer, intimacy with God, having that being the very primary purpose, and, or, or let me put it this way, the very reason for your existence. It says in um, Deuteronomy 32 verse 9, God says, these people, God says, they are my portion. God says, you are his portion. In other words, the, what he gets out of this whole deal of the sacrifice, Jesus going to the cross, sending his son and all of that, God says, my reward is them. It's you. You are my portion. And so, he says in Isaiah 43, verse 21, These people have I formed and created for myself. For myself. They shall show forth my praises. That's the reason why he's a very jealous God. Because he, have been, he has created and he has formed you for what? Himself. So when you and I line up, and we come into this arena of prayer and we endeavor to, be, to seek after God, pursue God, be intimate with him, walk in fellowship with him. And what happens is you are literally aligning yourself with the ultimate um, primary purpose of God and the very reason for your existence. Are you with me? And things work together for good when you love God and when you are what? In line with his purpose. All right, so we are to live for the glory of God. It says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 24, it says, um, Paul says, Paul said in Galatians 1, 24, that God might be glorified in me. That I might live in such a manner, in such an intimacy, in such a closeness with God, such an abandonment to him, that his glory begins to be risen upon me and it begins to take me over. So that when people see me, I would be that epistle of Christ. I would be that manifestation of him. And people will know that there is no way the power and what's operating in his life could be of man. And they will recognize that the excellence of the power is of God and God will be glorified. So Paul says, this is my desire that God might be glorified in me. Well, now that is not possible without coming into the very will of God for your life in this realm and in this arena of prayer. Amen? Peter understood that. And so Peter said in Acts 
chapter 6, verse 4, we will give ourselves continually, continually to the ministry of prayer and the ministry of the word. We're going to devote ourselves to that. To what? The ministry of prayer and the ministry of the word. Now I understand that when you look at that at one level, it looks as if Paul is, as if Peter was saying, you know what? We're going to make sure that, 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 that we have a ministry. You have an, we have this assignment to pray. And we have this assignment to preach the word. And we don't want to get distracted by waiting on tables. And there is an element to that. But I believe this scripture is also saying that prayer, prayer, think of this, think of prayer not as just some doctrine or, 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 or some, but as a spiritual dynamic. Think about prayer as if prayer had a personality. And God says, prayer, I'm, I'm giving you an assignment. I want you to go to that sister. I want you to go to my children. Those that have made covenant with me by blood and by sacrifice. And, I, and this is your ministry to them. I am assigning you. So it's like this. It's imagine, you know, Imagine if someone was, was badly out of shape. And quite frankly, from a spiritual perspective, when we are born again and everything else, and we still have those flesh tendencies, we are badly out of shape, are we not? So here, and here is someone, and, they're being, and, and God has assigned to them a, a, a trainer, a, a trainer that is knowledgeable in, in nutrition and exercise. What, and and that, this trainer is going to live with them to make sure they eat right, make sure they exercise right. And he has a ministry assignment to them. Well, so has prayer got a ministry assignment to you. Does that make sense? Prayer has an assignment to you. And so you got to let it. Let this prayer be, have the opportunity of fulfilling its assignment in my life. Now, what is, what, are, what is some of the assignment of this of prayer? Well, number one, it is to bring you into harmony with God. It is to bring you into an intimate place of fellowship and oneness with God. Jesus went to the cross. Jesus shed his blood. What did he do that for? First Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 says, he came... Yes, he came to bring many sons to glory, but he came to bring us into fellowship with the Father and with himself. And we know also in the communion of the Holy Spirit. So this is why he died. This is the reason for the death, the burial, the resurrection, ascension, and the shedding of his blood is so that you can come into this intimate fellowship with God. So the assignment of prayer is to bring you into that, for that to become a reality and for that to become your experience. Jude 20 says, but you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith praying, in the Holy Ghost. Building yourself up in your most holy faith praying. Could that be saying that number one, your most holy faith, what is most holy is that intimacy, is that oneness, is that harmony, is that fellowship with God? And could it be also saying that the way you're going to do that, come build yourself up in this most holy, intimate fellowship prayer? Is it saying that prayer has an assignment to bring you into that? I believe it is. Are you with me? Prayer also has an assignment 
to bring you under the government of God. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8, but you got to see it in the Amplified, says that the dispensation that we are in, it's not a dispensation of condemnation and all of that. This dispensation that we're in that is far more glorious than the dispensation that Moses walked in, this dispensation that we are in, we call it sometimes the dispensation of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Amplified calls it, the, this dispensation is to bring all men underneath the government of the Holy Spirit. In other words then, the, whole, the prayer is to bring you underneath the government of the Holy Spirit, to bring you into a place where the kingdom of God rules over you. We're starting out, man, you know, there are issues with the flesh. There's issues here, issues there. But it is designed that as you spend that time in fellowship, in harmony, in intimacy with God, seeking his face and his power and his life and his glory is, is able to be radiated and to transform you and to do all these other things. What happens? You will be brought into a place where, be, where over time the lordship of Jesus Christ will reign. The kingdom of God will rule and the kingdom of God will reign. The kingdom of God, the spirit of God will be able to dominate your life and bring you into the place where you're no longer walking in after the flesh, but after the spirit. Are you with me? So that's an assignment of prayer, which means if you don't, what happened? It's not going to happen. It is through the spirit that we mortify the deeds of the body, Romans 8 verse 13. It doesn't happen because of willpower or wishful thinking. So prayer has that assignment to bring us underneath the government. Prayer also has an assignment, and I really like this one, to produce transformation. Move you from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Well, <laughs> all right. Transformation, say transformation. Here we are, born again, and Paul says to, to born again people in Galatians, Chapter 4, verse 13, that I travail again. You know the process you go through to give ladies, to give birth? He says, I travail again that Christ might be formed in you. I thought Christ was already in them. What is he talking about? That Christ might be formed in you. That Christ might take over your soul, your mind, your will, all of your life. That you might be filled with all of the fullness of God. Not only just having Christ and the seal of the Holy Ghost in your spirit, but beyond that. Now this transformation is what will cause you to become, to, to, to become conformed to the image of Christ. Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration in Luke chapter 9, verse 29, when he went up to the mountain and he was, and, 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 um, and, 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 and there was an A, and, and Moses appeared, and Elijah appeared, and, and he had taken Peter, James, and John, and a voice from heaven spoke and, and, and said, this is my beloved son. And, and, and the disciples, the apostles that were there with him, you know, we're saying, should we build a tent for this one and that one? Jesus said, God says, this is my beloved son, hear him. Now, here's the point about that story. It's not that, but this. The scripture says he was, he, was, he, was his, he was transfigured before them. And the scripture says how his clothes was glistening and his countenance was changed. Remember when Moses came down from the presence of God after being up there for 40 days or something, that he, his face was so glowing, he didn't know it, but the people couldn't look at him. He had to cover his face. What, am I, what is that pointing to? It's pointing to the fact that there's a transformation that takes place in the realm of prayer. But you got to go in there to get it. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, But we, beholding with unveiled face, 
the glory of the Lord. We are transformed and changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. God, the Holy Ghost, produces this transformation. Amen? But you've got to avail yourself. How? In that realm of prayer. Say prayer. So the will of God on, 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 uh, uh, for us, the call of God for us to pray, come, come on to me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Open it up. Let me come in. Let us fellowship. Let us sup together. That call, that call of the Spirit of God to each believer. This is not a call for the apostles and the prophets and the pastors and the teachers. And the, of course it is, but it is for every believer. There is no special gift of the ministry of prayer. It is for everyone. Everyone has to come in there by themselves. Amen? So the call of God on your life to pray is so great that if you were to pursue it and you were to go after him with all of your heart, you would literally, now this is not bad, this is good, you will literally become a slave to prayer. I'm saying that for emphasis. In other words, you are going to pray until prayer <laughs> prays you. You are going to pray until you become God's prayer altar. You're going to pray until it becomes, it becomes you. It becomes your life. You are prayer going somewhere to happen. Does that make sense? All right. I didn't say we are here today, but I, I, I am saying come up higher. Come up higher in prayer. That's your part. That's my part. Come up higher. And God's part is, I'll show you things. I'll show you things. I will open up your spiritual eyes. I'm going to cause you to see what other men cannot see. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says, Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them that love him. Now, that does not mean you never know what God's going to do. No, it doesn't mean that. It says, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. God has got dynamic stuff for us. And he reveals them unto us by his spirit when we come into that place, into his sanctuary, into his presence. It's when I went into the sanctuary of God, that's when I understood. When I went into the sanctuary of God, the Lord will make known what his ways are in his presence. He will show you the path of life in his presence. It's when you get into that arena that God, the Holy Ghost, can open up your spiritual understanding. So that now you can operate in the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding and the spirit of counsel and might and all of these other things. Your part is to come up higher. God's part is to show you things to come. Now, Isaiah 64 verse 4 says, For since... Now listen to this for a moment. Just listen for a moment. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. First Corinthians 2 verse 9. Now Paul was actually quoting 
Isaiah 64 verse 4. Listen to what Isaiah 64 verse 4 says. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor, nor perceived by the ear. Neither had they I seen, O God, beside what he had prepared for them that wait on him. Now, in, 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 in Isaiah 54, verse 4, 64, verse 4, it says, for them that wait on him. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, for them, for them that love him. Psalms 31, verse 19 says, for them that fear him. What is the point? The point is, loving God and waiting on God and, and all this seeking, they're, 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 they're related, they're parallel tracks. So, it is saying then, God says, I've got awesome stuff for you. But if you would wait on me, if you would come up higher, I'm going to open up this realm and I'm going to show you things. I'm going to reveal things to you. I'm going to show you what I have prepared for you. Waiting on him in the realm of prayer is, 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 is another dimension or aspect of prayer. Amen? Say waiting. Now listen to this verse of scripture. And I encourage you, check it out in other translations. But I'm going to summarize it this way. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 18. Listen to what it basically says. The Lord is waiting. He is waiting for you to wait on him that he may be gracious to you. I'm going to say that again. God is waiting for you to wait on him so that he can have the opportunity to be gracious to you. And then it goes on to say, blessed are those that wait on him. Blessed, empowered to have good success are those that wait on him. I'm reminded of 2 um, Corinthians, the end of chapter 6, the beginning of chapter 1, where God says, I want to be, I'm, I'm God Almighty. I'm El Shaddai. I'm God. I'm the creator of the heaven and the earth. I have all power. I have all wisdom. I have everything. And I, am, I, I want to be your father. Me, the almighty God, I want to father you. I want to I take care of you. I want to I lavish me, myself, what I have on you. And then, but then he so goes on to say, Therefore, having this promise that God Almighty could be a father to you and wants to be a father to you, let us cleanse ourselves from every filthiness of the flesh and perfect holiness in the fear of the Lord. What was he saying? He is saying that, look here, I want to I wanna be God to you. I want to show myself strong. But for me to be able to do that, you need to be positioned right. And in that case, he was talking about position through the fear of the Lord. Here, he's saying you need to be positioned through prayer, through waiting on him. Does this make sense? All right. Hallelujah. So, what's, it, what's your part? Come up higher. Say, come up higher. Man, we could, we could start an exercise program here. <laughs> come up higher in this realm of prayer. And God's part is to show you things. To show you things. Now, of course, that showing you things have to do with revelation, have to do with giving you understanding, insight, comprehension, and these things. But that show you, he will show you, also involves demonstration. Say demonstration. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, 
God, the scripture says, God looks to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for that one whose heart is right towards him that he can show himself strong on his behalf. Amen? Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, God says, call unto me. Does that sound like prayer? Call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you knew not of. I'm going to show you. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 14. Which is the last verse in this chapter that is talking about fasting. And fasting is just a means that brings you into such a a laser focus on spiritual things. Seeking God. In other words, it's 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 like taking prayer and putting it on steroids. Does that make sense? Stay away from steroids. But you get my point? So this is at the end of this chapter, talking about fasting. And listen to how it ends. Isaiah 58, verse 14. God says, then, then will you delight yourself in the Lord, and I will make you, I will make you to ride on the high places of the earth, and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. In other words, God says, as you operate in this level, and as you come into this place of sanctification, separation, fellowship, intimacy, abandonment to me, where your delight is in me, where you, where you, where you forsake your own thoughts and you take on my thoughts, where you forsake your own ways and you take on my ways, where you forget, where, 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 where all of those things change and you come in line, you come in line. Where you make the Lord yourself your Sabbath. Where you decide, I mean, forget my own pleasure. It's the pleasure of the Lord that is now my pleasure. When you come into that place, he says, I am going to, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to cause you to ride in the high places of the earth. I'm going to feed you with the finest of wheat. Amen? Does that sound like demonstration? Hallelujah. Oh, Let me give you a little bit more. Psalms 50. Psalms 50. Psalms 50 verse 5, a scripture I love, and I'm going to really want to get onto that scripture sometime. God says, gather my saints together to me. Those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Those who have sanctified and separated themselves, they have obeyed me. They have made a covenant with me with the sacrifices and the fruit of their lips giving thanks. They have made a sacrifice by obeying me in the financial arena. They have made a sacrifice by presenting their body a living sacrifice. They have, they have, he said, those that have done that, that have therefore established a covenant with me in this manner. What's going to happen? And he says, let the heavens... Declare his righteousness. I'm going to jump down to verse 15. He says, call upon me in the day of trouble. In the day of trouble. Do do we generally have a day of trouble sometime? Everybody gets a day of trouble. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But I know we like to say, well, take that as a blanket promise. But that scripture is connected up with those that have made a covenant with God by promise, by, by, by sacrifice, that have been walking in such a place. Unto them that fear my name will the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. No good thing will he withhold 
from them that walk uprightly, correctly, in the truth of the gospel, the reality of Christ within you, the hope of glory. Having therefore these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every filthiness of the flesh and perfect holiness in the fear of God. If you abide in me, and if you abide in me, my word abide in me. You get my point? We, we, I know, we, we, I understand it. Where we want to take it and figure, oh, I'm born again. I'm washed by the blood. I've got the Holy Ghost. And therefore, these things are just automatic. Not so. All of the inheritance is yours. All of it. For every child of God. But number one, you got to be positioned. <laughs> you got to position where the fountain is flowing. You got to be positioned under the waterfall. You got to be positioned correctly to be able to receive. You can have all the spiritual blessings which we do have. Every child of God has every spiritual blessing. All that is finished in his spirit. However, you got to draw it out with what? With fear and trembling. Are you with me? All right. Glory to God. Where are we? Where are we? All right. The point of the matter is this God says I will show. It means revealing. It means um, spiritual eyes being open and all of that and thank God for that you need that but also because you see when you get revelation it's light the problems the challenges are really in a way darkness so revelation is the light and when the light shines into the darkness the darkness can't stop it so we need revelation you got me but we also it's nice to have demonstration it's nice to have God says okay you move out of the way. I'll, I'll take it from here. Isn't that good? <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. So, in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus said, Men ought always to pray. Men ought always to pray. Men ought always to pray. Now, there are three things that you can extract from this verse. Number one, men ought always to pray. In the realm of the Spirit, you are not identified as a man or as a woman based on your biological, physiological, whatever. But in the realm of the spirit, men ought always to pray. Your prayer life is what gives you status in that arena. Your prayer life is what causes demons and angels to take notice. That is what defines you in that arena. Men ought always to pray. That's one thing. The second thing in that verse is, ought always to pray. Well, you were created for that very purpose, for fellowship and intimacy with God. Therefore, you ought to line up and pray. And then it says, men ought always to pray and to not faint. Okay. Could it be saying that if you don't pray, if you fail to pray, then you have positioned yourself where you could end up fainting. If you do not pray, you fail to pray, you're making provisions to faint. Amen? And unfortunately, that might come in the day of trouble. Hello? All right, Isaiah 40. Let's look at that some more. Isaiah chapter 40. How many of you like that verse, they that wait upon the Lord? All right. Isaiah 40, let's pick it up in verse 28. Have you not known? 
Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, El Shaddai, the creator, the almighty, the creator of the ends of the earth, he doesn't faint. He doesn't get weary. <laughs> Can you imagine God saying, I'm tired? You know what I mean? I'm beat. <laughs> he doesn't get tired. He doesn't faint. He, doesn't, he does not faint. And he doesn't get weary. And his understanding is unsearchable, unlimited. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths, you know, young people are supposed to be energetic. The young lion, they're in their own strength. Even the youths, they're going to faint and be weary. The young men, they're going to utterly fall. But, say but, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Well, the only one that is not weary is God is the one that don't get weary. They shall walk and not faint. In other words, it is the very strength. There, there is the strength of God is going to infuse them. Who? Those that wait upon the Lord. There is a supernatural divine strengthening that takes place. That takes place as a result of spending that time. Of learning how to wait on the Lord. Learning how to function in this arena of prayer. So, to fail to pray is to deny yourself the strengthening power that can come to you in the realm of prayer. And when you deny yourself that strength, guess what? You're somewhat weak. And hence, you can now faint in the day of trouble. Does that make sense? Proverbs chapter 24 verse 10 says, If you faint in the day of trouble, your strength is small. To fail to pray positions you to faint. Now in Matthew chapter 26 verse 41, remember that scene in, in Gethsemane when Jesus told his disciples, Pray, pray, get up, pray, get up, pray. Come back to the fall asleep, come back to the fall asleep, come back to the fall asleep. And then finally he says, okay guys, come, let's go, let's go. He said, uh, no, matter of fact, he said something. He said, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Jesus said, your spirit is willing. In your spirit, you have a desire to go after God. You delight in the law of God after the inner man. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. So here's what happens. To fail to pray can cause you to fall in the day of temptation. You see how great men of God supposedly fall under certain temptation? Why? I'm not saying it's the only reason, but it certainly doesn't help. If they're not receiving the strength, the life, the transformation that comes from hanging out with God in the realm of prayer. So what happened then is this. Jesus said the flesh is weak. So if you fail to pray then you can fall in the day of temptation. All right. To fail to pray is to position yourself to fall. Psalm 73 verse 17 says, When I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I, then understanding came. In Psalm 77 verse 13, the way of God is in the sanctuary. 
You know, the scripture says how God, um, the children of Israel, they saw the works of God. They saw the Red Sea divide. They saw manna come down from heaven. They saw water come out of the rocks. But they did not know God's ways. And as a result, they died in the wilderness. They weren't able to walk in faith. They weren't able to, to deal with certain things. But the scripture says in Psalm 77 verse 13, the way of God is in the sanctuary. It's in his presence. It's in that place. It is in that crucible. It is in that arena of prayer. Psalm 16 verse 11, he will show me the path of life in his presence. There is fullness of joy. He will show me the path of life where? In his presence. And in there, there's also the fullness of joy. But that scripture was about that. Thank God for for the fullness of joy. But in his presence, He will show you the path of life. Which means what? You're going to get directions. You're going to get wisdom. God is going to show you what's your next step. In the realm of prayer, God gives wisdom. God gives understanding. God will show you that this is the way. Walk ye in it. In his presence, he will cause his glorious voice to be heard. Isaiah 30 verse 21. Isaiah 30 verse 30. To be successful in life, whether it be in business, whether it be in marriage, whether it be in raising a family, or any endeavor of life whatsoever, you need knowledge, you need wisdom, you need understanding, and you need God's leading, you need God's direction, and you need God's timing. Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4 says, through wisdom, a house is built. A family is built, an endeavor, whatever it is, a career. Through wisdom it is built, and through understanding it becomes established. And through knowledge, the rooms are filled with plenty. Well, that wisdom and that knowledge and understanding comes. God just says, come over here. Just come. Come, come on. Come, I'll show you. I'll show you things to come. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you understanding. All right? So to fail, to pray is to prepare to fail. I'm trying to be poetic. (laughs) Now, you don't want to faint, you don't want to fail, and you don't want to fall. So that means you ought to pray. Amen? So this year is your year of advancement. It is your year of advancement. This is the year for you to succeed, for you to progress. Whatever area you want to come up higher in, and you want that to become a reality, and you want to experience advancement. And I declare that that's happening in your life. But I also declare that prayer, intimate fellowship with God, is the vehicle that can get you there, that can cause that advancement. Amen? 2 Chronicles 26 verse 5 talks about King Uzziah. At 16 years old, he became king over a nation. Can you imagine that? But the scripture also says that as long as King Uzziah sought the Lord, the Lord made him to prosper. Amen? So, I mean, this is, this is almost a, redundant, a silly question at this point. Why should you pray? Because I know you, I mean, you've got the answer already, don't you? Why pray? Well, what's in it for God? What's in it for God? Well, from God's standpoint, 
God desires, I don't want to say needs, but God desires your intimacy. He desires that close fellowship with you. That's what he gets out of it. What he also gets out of it is he needs you to represent him in your workplace, in your home, wherever you go. He needs you to be his mouthpiece. He needs you to be his hands. He needs you to bring others to the knowledge of him. He needs you to be, to be the one that will bring comfort, that will, be, that will bring the wisdom of God and answers in the situation. He needs you to be that extension of him. In Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, when, when Isaiah saw the Lord and, and his train filled the temple, and, then, and, then, and here was the Godhead talking among themselves and said, Whom shall I send? And who shall go for us? God needs you. Amen? Say, God needs me. Amen. So in this place of prayer is where God is able to empower you and to equip you so that you could be his voice. You could be the extension of him. You could be the one that could bring healing and deliverance to the life of someone else. Why pray? Why pray is also, it's not just about you. It is about God, but it is also about the benefit to others. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25, referring to Jesus, that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. He's not on the cross anymore, but he's ever living to make intercession for us. But it also says in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1 that you and I are a partaker of his heavenly calling. In other words, we have got a part and a share and a participation in the very call and office that he has to to ever live and make intercession. In other words then, it is part of your your responsibility to pray for others. To intercede for others, whether it be for your family, of course, whether it be for those in your workplace, whether it be for the city, whether it be for the nation, whether it be for the rulers, we have that responsibility. For other saints, you know, we, put, we talk about put on the whole arm of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, and we go through all of that, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, but then you know where it ends up? And taking the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication, watching there unto with all, with all what? Watching there to with all perseverance for all saints. What I'm saying is that prayer element in verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 6 is part of the whole armor. Amen? The whole armor is not just to dress up and look good. You do look good. <laughs> Amen. It's God's armor, man. But part of that is prayer. Amen. Okay. So there are so there are, so there are benefits to God, there are benefits to others, but then there are also those personal benefits for you in the realm of prayer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lebeko Rosoko Rebesh Amanda. All right, here are seven personal benefits to prayer. Number one, intimacy. Intimacy. 
Song of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 3 says, I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me is love. In the Amplified, it adds, for love, for love, my, my handwriting. <laughs> anyway, my, 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 my <laughs> I could go open, but I don't have the time. For anyway, that love covers me as a protecting and as a comforting banner over my head. And especially as he is near. This issue of intimacy is a nearness. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And so it says here, but that, those verses, it's just capture a picture of the intimacy. I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. His banner over me is love. So intimacy with God is your first benefit. You being intimate with God. Psalm 65 verse 4 says, blessed is the man whom God chooses and causes to approach him. That he may dwell in your courts. He shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. Glory to God. He will be satisfied with the goodness of your house. Now, you would like to think that intimacy with God is just available for every Christian. Or or rather, I shouldn't say put it that way. Because it is available for every Christian. But will every Christian enjoy intimacy with God and the benefit of it? Unfortunately, not. Jesus had many disciples, but it was only Peter, James, and John that were in that inner circle. Amen? The scripture teaches in Psalms 25 and verse 14 that the secret of the Lord lies with them that fear him. Intimate fellowship with God is reserved for them that fear him, for them that will wait on him, for them that will respect him, for them that will honor him, for them that will love him. The scripture says God resists the proud and he only knows them afar off. They smell in his nostrils, full of themselves. But he will give grace to the humble. Are you with me? It is the meek that he will teach his way. When someone comes to God and, oh God, I know this, I know this, blah, 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 blah. No, that's this. And they want to give God their opinion. Can you imagine that? God, well, let me tell you what I think. <laughs> as far as I think God probably says, well, you go over there and Whatever, whatever you think. The meek is who God will teach his way. In other words, then you are not going to have an intimate fellowship with God if we don't develop humility and be clothed with humility, if we don't have meekness, if we don't have the fear of the Lord, if we don't learn to reverence God. If we, that's how it works. Secret, intimate fellowship with God is reserved for them that fear him. The scripture says in Psalms 51, verse, verse um, 17, where God says... Uh, um, the sacrifices of God is a broken and a contrite heart. And God says, I'm not going to do without that. In other words, then, when someone has a broken and a contrite heart, when someone has a place where, where, where their confidence is not in themselves, but is in him, when they can recognize their emptiness, blessed are the poor in spirit, when they can recognize their, their desperate need in him and come to him in that manner, God says, this is the, unto this man will I look. This is the one I'm going to hang out with. The one that is of a broken and of a contrite heart and that will tremble at my word. Are you with me? All right. Praise the Lord. So what is the point? God, here, so there's this intimacy that is reserved for those. And with that intimacy, 
With that intimacy comes authority. With that intimacy, living in the presence of God, hanging out with him, being that close to him. I mean to the point where you can, you can feel his heartbeat will also cause transformation and some other things, but it will cause you to rise up in a place of authority. Let me give you an example. Luke chapter 1, you're probably familiar with the, with the, with the story, but let me just jump smack in the middle of it. When, when, um, when the angel Gabriel had spoken to, to Zechariah, John the Baptist, to be father, and, 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 and so on and so forth, and, and Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And so, the, it, the <laughs> it's like Gabriel said, oh yeah? Oh yeah? You want to know how you're going to know? Okay. First of all, I have to shut you up. <laughs> and the angel answered and said to him, I am great Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day that these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. The angel Gabriel didn't say, okay, okay, God, what do I do here? Do I, do, I, do I shut him up? Do I strike him dumb? No, he didn't do any of that. Why? He was living in such, he says, look, he says, I'm Gabriel. He didn't say I'm Gabriel, but I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. I stand in the presence of God. And because of that position, he says, look, this, he made a decision and a judgment without consulting God. As he, he saw it appear. Elijah did the same thing. He said, the Lord is at my right hand. And he says, there's not going to be rain for another three and a half years until I say so. Did he say that? He said, until I say so. What arrogance. Paul in a couple of places, Paul says um, about obedience to my gospel. Paul called the gospel my gospel. Boy, what is, where is that coming from? This is coming from an authority that becomes infused into you as you learn to spend time in his presence. You know his heart. Anyway, and so on. So number one, what are the seven, seven benefits for you? Number one, intimacy. Number two, transformation. Transformation, being in that close proximity continually, perpetually, hanging out with God, will cause the mortification of your flesh. Romans 8 verse 17, through the spirit you mortify the deeds of the body. What else? It will, it's, um, it will also, to being in his presence, together with the word of God, will cause your mind to be renewed. When your mind is renewed, you can come to the place where you will be able to know and prove and experience God's good and perfect will. It will also cause you to be transformed into the very message that you are preaching. Paul says, I'm going to buffet my body less after I preach, I become a castaway. When we, when we spend that time in the presence of the Lord, what would happen? You will become like the God you represent. Amen? Some of that arrogance and all of that stuff, it's going to leave you. Right? It can leave you. Some of that pride, it will leave you. 
But where does that, is this just because, just, not just because you, you, I refuse to be, no, 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 no. It's the presence of God that can produce that transformation. We behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and we are transformed and changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Well, as Jesus is, so shall you become in this world. Hallelujah. So, become like God. Become like God so that you can run and not be weary <laughs> and walk and not faint. That's God. Number three, strategic direction. Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23 says, it is not in man to direct his own steps. You cannot order your steps. You cannot arrange timing and stuff like that to run into somebody that you grew up in school with that is in another country. You cannot arrange to bump into them in Jackson Square. But God can. It is not in man. Man doesn't have that capacity to direct and order his own steps. But what happened? Prayer. Living in the presence with God. Then what happens is that God can direct his steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. The righteousness of God will go before you and plant you in his footsteps. Psalms 85 verse 13. Prayer will give you clarity. A prayerless Man is like a blind man in the middle of traffic. The noise of the world and the circumstances and people, people's chatter. All that noise that are coming from people that are coming from the world that are coming. It will cause anxiety because he's blind. He doesn't have clarity. He doesn't have specific directions. Confusion steps in. But the word of God says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The word of Lord God says, call unto me and I'll answer you. And I'm going to show you great and mighty things that you knew not of. Job 32 verse 8 says, there is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. Psalms 32 verse 8. I will instruct you with my eyes. The Lord said, I will instruct you with my eyes and I will lead you in the way in which you should go. Proverbs 20, verse 27. There is a spirit in man and there is a spirit in man. No, 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 sorry, back up. Proverbs, sorry. Proverbs 20, verse 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It's the candle of the Lord. And Psalm 17, verse 8, verse 28, God says, I will light your candle, and I will what? Enlighten your darkness. Amen? What am I saying? You can get specific, you can get strategic direction. Sometimes you, you can get it clear in your thinking, but sometimes you could become so yielded to God that man, he will just lead you and he will just guide you and you'll just find yourself in the right place at the right time. Why? Because your steps are ordered of the Lord and your timing is in God. Number four, one of the benefits of prayer is that it will build power. The devil is against you. Do you know that? But God, listen to this statement. I know this, I, I got to say it slowly. The devil is against you. But God is limited to helping you and cannot help you much if there isn't a little bit or if there is no power at work in you. You hear what I just said? God wants to help you. 
But he is limited in how much he can help you if there isn't much power working in you. What, where, where is that coming from? Well, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ever ask or think. Hallelujah. Sorry, I, don't, I shouldn't be saying that. That's, I'm mocking. I take, that, I take that back. That's disrespectful. <laughs> okay. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ever ask or think. And that's where we normally shout amen. According to the power that is at work within you. So if there is no power at work within you, is he able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ever ask or think? Ask yourself that question. Acts 1 verse 8 says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, when you pray much in tongues, you will generate power inside your spirit. Building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm still on this. He is only able to do according to the power that has worked within you. Inside your born again spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you, is in every believer. That we would know what is the exceeding greatness of his power, which he demonstrated when he raised Christ from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principalities, powers, might, etc. Every believer has all of that power. However, you can have a generator. But if you don't have the right wiring, your air conditioning wouldn't work. If you don't have the right wiring, you wouldn't get the comfort of the air conditioning. You're not going to get the light. You're not going to get all of this other stuff. So if you got the power on the inside, which you do, but you don't have the right wiring, then what? You're not going to benefit from it like you should. So he's able to do exceeding abundantly according to that power that works within you. When you learn to pray, when you pray in tongues, when you praise and worship and magnify God, when you spend time in his presence, when you learn to wait on God and you learn to do those things, when you feed on the word of God, then that power that is at work within you will have the right wiring so that it can flow. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? All right. Number five. Prayer, so prayer builds power. Okay, you can build power. Number five, prayer is the womb. The womb that will birth all kinds of possibilities. Isaiah 66 verse 8 says, Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? But as soon as Zion travailed in labor pains, she gave birth to her children. What is it saying? There are some things that might look impossible. But through the ministry of intercession and prayer, you can give birth to stuff that looked like it was impossible. And all things become possible to you. Amen? All right. Number six. Prayer is what causes and brings forth change. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus was talking about how to move that mountain, speak to the mountain, command it where to go, and don't doubt in your heart. And then he said in Mark eleven twenty four. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it and you shall have it. So that in the realm of prayer, that situation needed to change, that mountain that needed to move, you are able to get it moved. Why? Because of being able to function in that arena of prayer. Amen? James chapter 5 verse 16 says, 
the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The Amplified says, the effectual heartfelt prayer of the righteous man, the man that is in oneness with God, makes much power available that is dynamic in its working. What is what you need power for? Change. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. What for? To produce salvation, wholeness, deliverance, prosperity, healing. Amen? And then number seven. The scripture says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything but prayer and supplication. Prayer is that arena where you can make requests from God and where you can possess the promises. All the promises are yes and amen, but you still got to possess them. Are you with me? Where do you do that? How do you do that? It's in the realm of prayer. Amen? So there, very quickly, seven benefits personally for your prayer life, for, for this operating in this realm of prayer. Number one, intimacy. Number two, transformation. Number three, receiving strategic direction. Number four, you build power. Number five, you, will, you can birth possibilities in that realm or in that womb of prayer, so to speak. Number six, prayer will cause change. Number seven, it is the arena where you can make requests and, and, and possess the promises of God. Now, all that I have shared with you to this point, I don't know about you, but it blesses me. It's wonderful. It's great truth. There are some tremendous mysteries of the kingdom of God that are in here. However... It will not benefit you if you do not pray. Knowing about prayer is not praying. <laughs> Amen. Are you with me? Knowing about it doesn't mean you're praying. So finally, here's my final point. Make plans to pray and then do it. How do you do that? Number one, make a prayer schedule. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, they said Jesus got up a long while before daybreak and he went out into the solitary place and there he prayed. There were times the disciples came looking for Jesus and they knew where to find him. Right? Uh, because they went and they stopped and they watched him for a little bit. And then when, when, when they see him take a breath, he says, Master, there's some people waiting for you. They knew where to find him. He had a schedule. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1, when the man was raised up at the gate of beautiful, it says, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. So it is, it is, it, so you should schedule prayer time if you can. Sometimes you have shifting, your time's changed, well, all right. So have a shifting prayer time. <laughs> all right, but schedule time to pray. Now, obviously, if men are not always to pray, then it can be that you're scheduling 24 hours. So, when it's so, so there is an element of prayer that is not necessarily locking yourself in a closet, but it is rather developing a conscious awareness of his indwelling presence and living in that constant communion and fellowship and harmony with him. You know, whatever you do, he's with me. In all my ways, I acknowledge him kind of thing. Amen? All right. Now, in Psalms 55 and verse and verse 16 and 17, and I'm coming into the landing. I can see the landing strip. So fasten your seatbelts. We're almost there. So it says, as for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry out. 
and he shall hear my voice. Am I telling you to become legalistic? No, don't be legalistic about it. Right? Don't, don't, don't get into condemnation over it. However, it is a good thing to plan to pray and then pray. Men ought always, so, that's, so men ought always to pray and not faint. So obviously it's got to be more than a prayer time thing if it's going to be that you're always going to pray. All right. Now, you can pray by your own initiative. You, you know, you said, okay, hey amen. Hey, I'll talk to you later. I got to go pray. But sometimes you can also pray because the Holy Spirit is drawing you into that realm of prayer. Right? And sometimes that happened. I remember just very recently there was a particular situation and I just felt, man, I'm sorry. I got, I got to go. I, I, I just feel that I need to pray like right now. I never found out, well, maybe I kind of kind of did. Sometimes you may not even find out what it was about, but you go pray anyway. So either way, whichever way, make a prayer schedule. All right. Now, but it's a place to start. Now, we are different places in our life. We have different capacity. For some, three hours might be the case. For others, that might not be the case. But I suggest start with one, with one hour. Even if you have to break it up in two pieces or three pieces, 30 minutes, whatever the case is. But start. Amen? Now, what do you pray about? Anything. <laughs> pray the word of God. Pray scriptures. Pray your notes. You make notes from a mess like, like, like today. We take the notes and pray them. In the presence of God. Pray the Psalms. Just learn to talk to God. Pray in tongues. Praise God. Worship God. Bless God. Give him thanks. If you decide, man, you decide I'm going to pray the Psalms, you could pray as long as you choose to. And over time, you will become enlarged. Okay? Number three. Prayer is learnt. The disciples came to Jesus and they said, teach us to pray the same way John taught his disciples to pray. Now, now granted, this teaching today doesn't really teach you how to pray. It is to provoke you to pray. Right? right? Um, but anyway, so you got to learn. So read books, listen to tapes. Right? And, 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 and so on. So prayer is taught, but prayer is also, is also caught. Which means what? Hang out with somebody else that pray. I remember there was a man named Norval Hayes. Now, this was not in the prayer arena. But I, I was in a 63-day revival with Norval Hayes back some time ago. And I mean, which was every day. And I think I missed one or two days. By the time that stuff was finished, man, I was talking like him. <laughs> right? I was preaching like even to this day. I can literally press a button and I can start preaching the way he does. Why? His spirit rubbed off on me. So similarly, when you hang out with people that pray, you can catch the spirit of prayer from them. Amen? All right, number four. Um, no one becomes a master at anything without diligence and discipline. No one ever goes and wins the Olympics without training. <laughs> Amen? Without working at it. You do not... You do not Get to that place of mastery without diligence, without discipline, without exercise. You know, I saw a quote very recently. What's his name? The, the guy, something, Usain Bolt, said he trained four years to run nine seconds. Think about that. Four years of practice so that he could run 100 yards dash in nine seconds. And I, I know it's playing with words, but four years training so that he could... Nine seconds. <laughs> In other words, then, this is how it works. Amen? So what does it say then? Say, I got to do it. Amen? You got to do it. You got to make your plan and then work your prayer plan. 
Bless God. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. You, you guys have been patient. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, the scripture says in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, where God says, I will pour out my spirit upon them. I will pour out a spirit of prayer and supplication so that they could call upon me, so that they're going to look upon me who have been pierced for them. So, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, for everyone here, everyone on the live stream, and even those that will hear this at a later date, I'm asking in accordance to Zechariah 12 and verse 10 that you will pour out upon them a spirit of prayer and supplication so that they would call upon you in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for doing that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me give you a little tiny hint here. There's a scripture that says, I think it's Psalms 80. I'm not so sure the address. But it says, revive me and I will call upon your name. It's a simple scripture, but it works. See, you decide I need to pray and you don't feel like praying. You have no appetite. You feel dry like a bone. Just say, well, Lord, this is your word. You said, revive, and I, revive me and, you're, and I'll call upon you. So I'm just going to ask you, Holy Spirit, just revive me right now so that I could call upon your name. And I'll just revive me. Uh, let me come alive that I might pray. And just start praying. And I'll, I can tell you, within a couple of minutes, the Holy Spirit will show up. And all of a sudden, you wouldn't have to be going through that fighting struggle. Amen? That's just a little tidbit. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes, Pastor Dad, can you come? And um, while, 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 while Pastor Dad is coming here now, I know, we, I know we are on live TV and everything else and all of that. But, um, but um, actually, this is Pastor Dad's birthday week. <laughs> all right? Now, let me say this. You know, I know there's a song, You Are the Wind Beneath My... <laughs> well, I'll tell you... <laughs> Whatever, 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 whatever appears to be operating in my life, if there's any consistency, whatever the case might be, that's the wind. <laughs> Amen? Praise the Lord. So let's just say happy birthday to her. Oh. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Jesus, for the family you have given us here today and for your goodness toward us, bringing people to serve you at the Lord Ministry House, bring their talents, gifts, Lord God, their anointing, their presence. We give you thanks for everything you're doing at the Lord's Ministry House, Lord God, and your kingdom be established in this place, in this nation, and all over the world. Your goodness will manifest through the congregation here on our live stream. We give you honor and praise forever. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. Have a seat for a few seconds. Have a seat for a few seconds. Yes. Uh, uh, please don't get tired from what I'm going to say because this is our mission. As a disciple went before Jesus ascended, he said, go into the world. So I'm going to be here every time we leave. 
Go into your communities, into your neighborhood, into your building, into the store places where you visit, into the parks where you rejoice, into your weddings and funerals, and be Jesus' hand extended. Be the representation of Jesus in that place. He says he transfused the, pra- the fragrance of his presence in every place. So you are the healer for the people who are sick. You are the comforter for, uh, for the people who have lost someone. You are the encourager for the depressed. You are everything. You are a provider for those who are hungry and thirsty on the streets. You are Jesus walking in this earth. So go into the world and preach the gospel. People say, preach. I don't know what to preach. Preach it in your own language, the way God put it on your heart, the way you understand who Jesus is, the way, the way you know he is to you. So share your testimony. Share what's on your heart and bless the people. The word is waiting for us to go with the demonstration of his works and greater works. Amen? You can do it. You have the grace. He is done not by accident. Whatever you are now is exactly what you need to be, and you are for such a time like this. And to equip you, we have their tracks. A person can read it in one minute, but it could touch their heart because the word is, doesn't have emotion, doesn't have condemnation. It's a pure word where God can watch over that to, to, uh, to perform his word. It's about saving power of Jesus. Grab one on, uh, on the way, take it. Make an attempt and a conscious decision to pray before you go every day, and God will lead you. Like uh, somebody gave us a um, car to go out to eat, we went there, and that pull for this lady who served us there, and her name ended up Rachel, and she is uh, um, from certain religion. I shared it, and I s- she looked at me and said, yeah, I'll read it. I said, go read it. Sit on your bed. says, Lord, show me the truth. You are from this religion, but read it with that. But it took me a little bit of pull a couple of times. So just hand something to, th- to the people. It's simple. It's not too complicated, but it's simple. Just smile and touch people's life. Amen? Hallelujah. So you, you have the tracks here. And by the way, whatever on the table there is free. If something, a message wants uh, pull on you, take it. All right? And listen to it. Father, we give you praise and glory for your goodness toward us. As we go into the world, you are there just to pull on people by your Holy Spirit. We are anointed. We are blessed. We are going just to distribute your goodness to the people around us. Thank you for the protection of your angels and the cover of the blood and the ministry of your angel. Lord God, we are empowered by your presence. What an honor to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to